Really frustrating. This is this is a disaster that everybody was just kind of pretending couldn't happen with the regression and everything like that. Like, nah, this team's not going to regress. They're young. The offensive line got better. The blah blah blah. And then the regression hits. There's no deep balls. There's uh, there's no excitement in this offense. To be honest, the only explosive plays they generate are from penalties, and that's sad. Let's stay with the offense right now because I think if you were to peek at Bengals social media. Everybody would like the head coach fired at this moment. Look, that's not going to happen. He just took this team to the Super Bowl. I know, obviously, they had the talent around him, Joe Burrow, this defense, the weapons. But if you do take a step back right now, you talk about, you know, their longest play today was 19 yards. When you have that many weapons, there's a lot of questions that need to be answered. When T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd aren't targeted until the second half, there's a reason why you have those playmakers. I mean, you look around the NFL, people would love to have T. Higgins as their number one wide receiver option. And it's just mind-blowing because I honestly felt like this team offensively played scared most of the game. I mean, yes. you, could go, you could go into when Zach punted instead of kicking the field goal in the second quarter, which was a head scratcher um, late in the game when you you want Joe Burrow to lead your team down the field in overtime. I'm not talking about the 19 play one, which was amazing. That was vintage Joe Burrow. But you just look like mm, we don't want to mess up. We're going to play to not win this game. And that's what it really felt like. That now I want to hang on that for a minute because I have do, do have thoughts on that last part. That drive felt like Taylor was calling plays like he had Trubisky back there. It felt like he didn't trust any the offense to do anything. They let the clock run down on set. They I need to check this, but in my mind, they either threw it short or ran the ball on second down, or and then they just let the clock wind down before third down. Like it, it they let it go down. There's no two minute drill anymore. They got down to like a one minute drill, and even if they pick up that first down, they're still, I believe, inside the 20, most likely, if they get it like at the sticks. So you're probably not scoring there. You're just picking up the first down and playing for overtime. Maybe you can generate an explosive play. Haven't done it all year <laughs> uh, to Jamar Chase or somebody and uh, get a field goal. But they, it felt like they played for overtime. Like they just wanted to kick that ball back with no time left for Cooper Rush, which – that's playing scared. You should not be scared of Cooper Rush, even though hindsight 2020, you still lose to him. You should. It's just that that three play sequence just felt so sad. Like it, it felt like you didn't have Burrow and Chase and Mixon and Higgins, Boyd, all these guys. You didn't have an explosive offense. That felt like they were playing as if they had a terrible offense. They were hoping to get to overtime and then win a field possession battle to win the game. Like it didn't feel like they went out there. It really didn't feel like the coach had his faith in him. Like you would think LaFleur would call plays for Rodgers. Like you would think Arians or 
Leftwich is calling plays for Brady. Like all these elite quarterbacks that step on the field and even Mahomes and and Reed. Could you imagine like they don't try to go for a touchdown? They go for the punt. They try to just pick up one first down. Like they'd be getting laughed out of the laughed out of the stadium. It's just when you have a quarterback like Burrow, you need to play as if you're going to win this game and not play for the tie and hope you don't give the other team too much time. Yeah. I mean, you look at how many times just they went down there, settled for field goal or mm, they're really relaxed. They run the ball three straight times and it wasn't working. And you have all of these wide receivers. If you're not taking a deep shot down the field, I'm just, I don't understand what's going through your mind. I know that a lot of people would say Joe didn't have enough time or the offensive line. You know, all of that is wrong. All of it, all of it's bad. The offensive line is bad. Joe Burrow is, I mean, I'm going to say it. He's not bad. playing good. He's not playing good. He's not a good quarterback right now. And that Legitim- is- yeah, legitimately, he's he's been a bad quarterback the past two games. And I mean, I just feel like that's fair to say because I think a lot of people watching the game, obviously it's in the national window and they're like, oh, there's Joe Burrow getting sacked again. It's okay to admit two weeks in a row, Joe doesn't look like Joe Burrow. He looks like he's seeing ghost at times. I mean, you could say that from last week when he throws the pick six to Minka, but I know you have Micah Parsons out there. At the same time, he just, he looked like he was either running for his life because of, you know, miscommunication on the offensive line or Joe was holding on to the ball too long. And that's, there's one thing to lose games um, because obviously this team wasn't going to go undefeated this year and, and nobody knows if they were going to, you know, struggle after the Super Bowl, what they would look like. But it, it, it's another thing when your offense doesn't look like it's going to be okay. They've got a few weeks to figure it out, but yeah, the all the hype about oh well, if they got two safeties high, we could run Mixon, and if they try to play man, good luck. Good luck to the offense doing anything right now. I mean, just it's been it's been terrible. Even when it's good, it's long drives, no big plays. That's hard to sustain. To play to try to do 10, 12 plus play drives every time you get the ball without great field possession position. Sorry. Uh, that's just tough. That's tough to do. That's that's playing offense like we saw them play in 2019. And then when the offense was good last year, it was generating explosive plays. It was still being able to get to those long drive touchdowns, field goals, whatever, long drive successful uh, sessions. But it wasn't constant they would find the ways to generate an explosive play to jamar chase to generate explosive plays to t higgins to generate explosive plays to anybody the i want to double check but i think the longest play of the season is that run from mixon i'm not 100 sure but that long fourth and one run i don't know if you remember anything that was longer uh, honestly, there hasn't been a play where I'm like, this team has been explosive down the field. I mean, you go back to week one against the Minnesota Vikings in 2021, the play to Jamar Chase, the Steelers game when they played him early last year, all of these explosive plays, and it's just not there at all. And I, I don't understand that. And do you, when when you think about this, and obviously we'll get a little more in depth into the offensive line, this offense and Joe Burrow coming up next, but with if you're Zach Taylor – what can Zach Taylor fix right now? Well, it really felt like he came out against what everybody was saying and the run pass splits under center. And they did 
change that. Like they were throwing the ball under center, which that's nice. Uh, I appreciate that. But when you look at like the stats from the game, Joe Burrow, 199 passing yards, one touchdown, no interceptions, which is fine. But honestly, I'd rather this guy take chances and throw down the field and try to hit some of his wide receivers and make a play, especially when you're only settling for field goals early instead of 19 plays taking eight minutes off the clock ends up screwing you in the end because Dallas can drive down the field and they kick the walk off field goal. So at the same time, I just, the, Oh, I'm sorry. No, go Continue. ahead. I just, I did find the longest play that they have had through the air this season is 24 yards against the Steelers. I think that was the play action to chase today. It was 19 yards. They didn't have a single pass that went over 20 yards. That's, that's a problem. And you, it doesn't get easier. I mean, if you were to look at these first four games, you, you, I mean, it's crazy even to think like optimism on the outlook of where they're at, but then you look at their division and they're 0 and 2 and everyone else is 1 and 1, which is just, it's, it's, it, you know what? I'm going to say this right now. AFC North might not be that great. I mean, the Dolphins looked awesome, and then the the Ravens looked awesome, but then they let it up in the second half. I don't know. I haven't watched that game, but looking back, it's just how you blow a lead that big. The Browns lost to the Jets. That's what my fear for next week is. Joe that Flacco just won a game. Joe Flacco, yeah. I don't I mean, know. But here, I say Joe Flacco. I should say Cooper Rush. Mitch Cooper Trubisky? Rush, Mitch Trubisky, they're all the same level of quarterback. It's not like we're going from Dak Prescott and uh, I don't even know the Steelers. If I, 2012 Ben Roethlisberger, like this, these are two bad quarterbacks they just lost to. So to say Joe Flacco, it's like, yeah, can the Bengals move the ball against the Jets defense? I mean, they've got some pass rushers. They've got a secondary that on paper doesn't look terrible. So can they move the ball? Because this offense has been – bad not even below average i was trying to say below average but i think bad is the right word it's just nothing's explosive they can barely generate drives i thought the second half of the steelers game they looked fine and i was thinking like this is what they'll look like against a good defense then they play the cowboys which is probably it's a good defense but they looked worse than that second half even in the second half when they're moving the ball other than that one drive so they keep pointing back to like flashes a drive here uh, a half here not exciting. That's not preferred. That if this team's going to win games, they have to add, they have to average more than twenty points a game. I'm not sure what they're at right now, but I think it would be even below twenty points per game because they scored seventeen today and they scored twenty on last week. So yeah, they're eighteen and a half points per game. That people were talking about thirty points per game. We can't even, we can't even get to twenty right now. I'm sure it'll get there. I think everything will get better on the offensive side, but. You're blowing the games to the teams that you should beat. These you you drop two games now to teams you should beat. We looked back last year and the Bengals almost missed the playoffs at one point. They had to beat the Chiefs just to win the AFC North, or else they'd have a do or die game against the Browns. And they dropped games to the Bears and to the Jets. Well, they've already dropped their Bears and Jets games this season. <laughs> yeah, and and you have to make up for it at some point. I, I don't think you can look into any game right now and say Cincinnati's a favorite. 
Cincinnati should win because everybody has made them a favorite in two weeks. I mean, you look at all the pregame shows and Vegas, you know, take the Bengals, take the points, do all this. Um, it's a clean sweep. They're going to beat the Cowboys if you lose the Cooper Rush. But here's the thing. We, we talk about this a lot, this team with backup quarterbacks, and it's something that they really struggle with. But I just think that this is more of an overall problem, and that's why it's concerning when you drop 0-2 because I don't know – how they're going to fix it and if it gets fixed because it's going to get late and I know it's early, but the AFC, as we've talked about before is pretty loaded. I think you can look overall after I wouldn't say two weeks for the bills because they play Monday night football, but we saw what the bills can do against the Rams. We saw them in week one, Kansas city. It was sloppy, but Hey, they still got the win out against the chargers. Those are the two top teams in the AFC. And I honestly don't know how close it is to those two teams. You could say the Dolphins, but I'm still not buying Miami and maybe that'll come back and bite me. But um, I, I think there's two teams at the very top and I don't think Cincinnati's anywhere close to that right now. Oh, right now, not absolutely not. I'm trying to hope that the Bengals can just get close enough that they're within uh, AFC North striking distance soon. The nice thing about losing this game is just, you know, you you didn't drop a conference or division game. They already did that. Um which they should have won that game. But look, 9% of teams that start 0-2 make the playoffs, and it's already an uphill battle for the Bengals. They drop to 0-3, and it becomes pretty very, very rare to make the playoffs after 0-3. And I especially think like these they're not dropping. It's not like they played Bills Chiefs weeks one and two. <laughs> they played Steelers, which are probably going to be a four or five win team. Maybe more. Their defense is good. Maybe when TJ Watt comes back, maybe you win eight, nine games. I don't know. I'm not going to doubt Tom when I should have said four or five. I know. That's what it feels every time like I right doubt now. Him. Every time I doubt him, he comes back and, and finds a way to win. Look, watch this. Um, ooh, I feel terrible to say this, but watch the Steelers come back and win the AFC North. And then all the other teams, you'd be like, what in the world happened? The AFC North leading Pittsburgh Steelers. They are currently number one. I mean, it can happen. I'm not counting anything out right now, the way that every team has looked so far. But uh, there's plenty to get to. Joe Burrow, the defense, kind of looking ahead, and then just an overall outlook of the AFC North. We'll get to that next on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. This, this is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. There is a lot of criticism for this 0-2 start for the Cincinnati Bengals. And we'll kind of start it with this because it's happened in back-to-back weeks. And there were plenty of games in 2021 that this team really didn't get it going, you could say defensively or offensively, until the second half. I don't even want to give their second half any credit in this game. So it sounds weird to say they can't start out flat anymore. But when you do see this team start out flat, which they did for the majority of this game in the start of the first half against the Steelers. Is that a team or a coach problem? <sighs> I want to say it is a, a coach problem because you think of those scripted drives to start and they're not really getting touchdowns out of that the same way that the Cowboys got two touchdowns basically out of their scripted stuff. Last year, they didn't get much out of their scripted stuff either. So that's starting to become a trend that the Bengals just don't, start off the game with a well-scripted drive that just, you know, makes things easy. They get a guy wide open. They force an adjustment from the defense. It feels very reactive from them. They come out, they run plays just to see, poke and prod, see how the defense reacts, and then they 
try to take advantage of it later in the game. But as we've seen the past two times, they dig themselves too big of a hole. Is Joe Burrow going to be okay? Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, I've, I am starting to get mildly concerned about some issues, but I mean, he missed, he missed an accuracy thing down the field today that uh, Higgins put it a little bit too far for him. Just a couple things like that that make me think like, yeah, he'll be fine. He'll get over, he'll start hitting those, but yeah, I mean, I think he'll be okay. The concern is, does he get back to that MVP second half of last season level? I'm not sure. I hope so. And he'll need to for the second half of this season. When you think of the offensive line, um, all the fingers will point towards the offensive line when when Joe doesn't have time and Joe takes a sack. We've talked about it plenty of times that sometimes this is on Joe Burrow and it's okay to admit that this guy that he's struggling out there at times and he is taking those sacks. But Lyle Collins, um, he didn't really have a great homecoming against the Dallas Cowboys. How did you think the offensive line overall did besides the obvious of the struggles too? I mean, both tackles had their moments where they struggled. Lyle still doesn't seem to have knocked off the rust. I thought maybe he was knocking it off in the second half of that Steelers game, but maybe it was more that the Steelers were winded and that was a lot of plays that they were on the field. So he needs to play better. The whole unit needs to play better. I mean, at this point, it really feels like even what Kappa had a false start, and he was the one guy, him and Karras were the only guys I was looking at as like, uh, well, at least those guys are doing solid. And then he has a false start. I still don't remember him having any bad plays. And he did have a really nice combo double team with – Collins, where Collins drove the, I think it was the Marcus Lawrence over a gap and a half and went to the second level, and Cap was a part of that. So there, I think Kappa and Karras are still the the uh, high points of the offensive line, but they were less so today than they were last week. And I mean, I would say the offensive line probably played similar to last week. It was really just one guy that really killed them because. Doris Armstrong got got a sack against the tight end, but uh, we could talk about why that happens um, because I do want to give some defense about that. But uh, yeah, I, I do think just the offensive line has been underwhelming, but it's like what Duke came on and said last week where it's going to take six, eight weeks for them to gel together. That's why you see Micah Parsons come off as a free rusher once because they just – whatever protection call happened – uh, Collins didn't get it on the other side, so he takes the most dangerous man to the inside or at least gives help to it and then treats uh, Parsons as if he's the hot player, as if if he comes Joe's hot. I don't think that was the call. I think you're always going to have somebody get out there to, to Parsons on that play, but it seemed like the offensive line didn't communicate that. If I wanted to be optimistic, I think of Hayden Hurst. He had some key catches in there, and man, it felt like deja vu was what we saw in the fourth quarter against the Steelers. How did you feel he played out there? And is there is there any hope with some of the offensive weapons? We know Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd are all really good. They're just not getting the reps right now. But um, but there has to be some kind of optimism on the tight end room for him at least. Yeah, I like what Hurst did a lot. I mean, he had another play where he dragged defenders for the first down in a key situation. Seems to be making that a thing. I love it. Um, he's strong. He's athletic. I don't think that Burrow throws those seam ball, that bender. It was like 
I think they played too high, and he's trying to fit it in between the safety and the linebacker because those are the guys that sandwiched him. Almost came down with it, just had to take a heck of a shot, and that's what uh, it seemed like everybody was calling for him to try to take that shot. He did. Hurst almost came down with it. It's just I do think that window isn't as open as everybody thinks it is where you, you pause a play and you're like, oh, my God, he's wide open. But when you consider that the throw has to go over the linebacker and then still fall down perfectly into his hands, how that's not going to be driven with a lot of force. Um, yeah, your guy's going to get hit. He's going he's gonna to take a big shot. And he did, wasn't able to hold on. But I think I like the athleticism that he was able to challenge down the field on that play. And overall, just I think Hurst plays solid pretty much every week. Last week, I thought he was good. This week, I thought he was good. Um, haven't watched it back, but he does seem like he's able to athletically challenge the defense down the field on these bender routes, things like that. And when he gets the ball in space, he's able to create. Um, hopefully Drew is true sample is okay. I do wish it was Hurst on that tight end screen. <laughs> when I saw it was 89, I just thought like, why are you like, this is just, it's, paralysis by analysis you know you're thinking too much about oh they won't think that we throw this tight end screen to sample but the defense is just reacting to the blocks that they see that's what i don't understand because i feel like they do that a lot when it comes to and and i hope drew sample is okay it's unfortunate because when they declare you out really quickly it's never really good but hopefully you know he gets good news and he's going to be fine but there's times when you give it to drew sample or there's times when it's Samaj p ryan and i'm like what what are you doing you have all of these weapons, and I don't know why, because I, I agree with you. I think they're like, well, they won't think we're going to give it to this guy because look who else we have on the squad on this offense. Do you feel like at times that they make this harder than it needs to be? Yeah. I, I mean, really, I think for the Bengals, just last year the game for them was simple where it was just get the ball to your playmakers down the field, try to isolate them. Now defenses are doing a little bit more, trying to keep safeties over both Chase and Higgins and, you know, trying to just take away some of that stuff, especially Chase. They're always trying to keep a safety over him. So that's not there, but you could still get your playmakers, the ball in space. Uh, this facing all these Tampa two and other looks, it doesn't, freeze a lot of good offenses like it's doing to the Bengals. If, if the Bengals offense is supposed to be a 30 plus point per game offense, they shouldn't be frozen by just facing these two high looks. I mean, there just has to be a way to get your playmaker the ball in space. And they did it to chase a few times. I feel like it, they didn't get it to Higgins, but I'm not sure if that was play calling so much. There was also a play. I really felt like Burrow, he runs right into the spy and slides down for a sack. I know the spy is a free runner and he's probably triggering once Burrow steps to his right, but I really wanted him to just set his feet, reset his feet and fire the ball. Cause Higgins is running open on a dig route over the middle of the field. He's going to probably take a shot, but I think he has enough time to set his feet and throw it and him not doing that. And instead running right into the guy, like just running into him and sliding. It just felt like such a waste of a play. Like just give your guy a shot throw the ball and give him a shot downfield because you're probably not making a linebacker miss and and running for 15 yards. What did you think of Joe Mixon today? Solid. Not the greatest performance. I didn't like they got tripped up so much, but that's just Joe Mixon. He also will make just reads and cuts where it seems like he's going to gain five, six, seven yards when there was zero there. I think he's, I, th I think he was solid. I, 
he again came off the field. I think he's getting so much work that he's just getting a little banged up from time to time. He had to get his ankle taped again. So he's already getting banged up. <laughs> don't love that early in the season, but I do think he was solid. I don't remember anything standing out so much in the passing game last week. It seemed like he was a check down magnet this week. It felt like that wasn't there, but otherwise, yeah, I thought he was solid. I don't know what you thought watching him live, but I didn't think he was bad. I just, I just, yeah, just hands on the ground being able to trip him has just been frustrating because he seems like he has pretty good balance. It's just not there, not there whenever a hand trips him up from behind and he falls down because it, it seems like he made the right read. He made a good cut. He's accelerating down the field and then bam, he falls on his face. Yeah. That's what's weird because Joe Mixon is awesome and you want to measure running back on, on any squad, but it just feels like he's coming down so easy right now. And that just doesn't feel like the normal Joe Mixon and what we, 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 we've seen in the past, what he can run through. I mean, even he's had brutal offensive lines his whole career, but just, I don't know, just, there, there's some things he looks fine, but I, I'm just a little surprised with with how the outcome of that has been going, even with some of the run plays. But people are are they're not happy right now <laughs> with this offense. And if you were to give any glimmer of hope, we, we talked about Hayden Hurst in the tight end room. Obviously, knock on wood, but so far everybody's health is is on their side. Where would you start with optimism outlook going forward with this offense? It feels to me like there are throws there. It feels like there's still a lot of rust for quite a few players. I think Burrow doesn't seem his, – his internal clock just seems fast to me. Every time he senses the first sense of pressure, he's dropping his head and doing a Derrick Henry impression, it feels like. Um, but I want him to just – you know, he does it – he used to do it all the time where you just move, set your feet, and throw. And he did it a few times today, but it's not consistent. And for him to be an elite quarterback, that has to be consistent. He can't be just pulling the ball down and scrambling. That's that's kind of rookie stuff where the scramble's nice when you can pick it up, but you're going to run into some sacks, some hits. You don't need things like that. Collins just still looks rusty. It looks like this offensive line as a whole just hasn't played together still. I mean, just – too many miscommunications and sometimes they all do work as a unit and you get a great play, but it's not consistent. I do think the wide receivers all look good. Um, it's, it's just getting them the ball and protecting long enough for them to work down the field. So there is hope last year. It was an exciting offense. I do think these were two talented defenses. The Cowboys were the number one defense last season. Pittsburgh has, well, at least had when Watt was healthy, the best front in the league, and were have been an elite defense the past few years. Last year, and eh, not so much, but this year you would expect it because no, in, not as many injuries, um, and the addition of Brian Flores. But I think you just look at the last two weeks as okay, we faced some tough defenses, and then there are flashes of like, yeah, this is going to work, this could work. It's just getting to those consistently. All right, I want to get into more with the defense because it feels like you could go glass half full and then just a little glass half empty in this game. Obviously, the offense has struggled in the last two games, but um, again, there, there's some things still to fix on both sides of the ball. We'll get to that next on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. This, this is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata.
we're back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Oh, another rough one, a walk-off. It felt like last year when it was walk-offs and overtime games that Cincinnati was on the other side of it. They found ways to win, but now they're finding ways to lose. They lose another one. They fall to the Cowboys 20-17. to 17. And you can find – I saw a little bit of glimmer of hope. There, there were optimism with Hayden Hurst, a little bit of the offense at times, but nothing really to majorly point out defensively. Felt like second half, they kind of settled down a little bit in the second quarter. What did you see from the defense out there today? Yeah, the scripted plays for the Cowboys seemed to work really well. That That's not great, but they were just gashing this defense the entire way down the field. And I thought, at least early on, they won the line of scrimmage. And I think that the Bengals were able to overcome that and then you know win their own battles at the line of scrimmage through the middle of the game. But early on, it felt like they were just moving a lot of those players. Um, and then, you know, the defense, they pick it up. They force a turnover. They hold the Cowboys, I think, what? I think it was zero points over the middle of the game. And, uh, you know, overall just look good. Almost get a few other turnovers, just one out of reach for Hilton. The other one probably – also just out of reach, although maybe could have made a crazy catch. So those would have been nice. <laughs> almost did get Mike Hilton with the first pick of the season. Almost got the first pick was a pick six of the season. Um, but, you know, you did get Von Bell punch, peanut punching the ball out and DJ Reader recovering. I think there are high points on the defense, but situationally, just early in the game, they weren't able to overcome the scripted plays. And then last drive of the game, you, you, you can't let Cooper rush, throw the ball, and step on your throat down the field. <laughs> That's just unacceptable for any defense, and we thought this defense could maybe be top eight or so. And even today, they probably will get something like that in a rating system, but that didn't feel like it at the end. At the end, it felt like, ah, uh, but that's just, it felt disappointing. Yeah, and the thing is, we can talk about almost interceptions all day. If you're not turning the ball over, it doesn't count the same. Obviously, they get one turnover, but, you know, you didn't see that in the first game. You saw it a little bit in this game. And, yeah, if it's almost there, you got to make it play. you got to make it happen. So, offensively, you got to score touchdowns. Defensively, it was – if you were to grade the defensive performance, not doing PFF numbers or anything like that, but just overall quick glance before you go back and watch the tape, where would you put it after week two? My first impression is, like, uh, for both weeks, we'll do we'll do just second week alone. Just week two, probably like a B minus. Like I thought it was good enough to win the game, but it was kind of it wasn't like an A or even a B plus. You could argue C plus. I don't think it was C or below. I think it was an above average performance, but it wasn't like what the Bucks did to this Cowboys team last week. It was fine. It was like yeah, they did enough to win the game, and the offense repeatedly stalled out. Another good thing, Evan McPherson is still Evan Money McPherson. He still gets it done. Yeah, even with the new long snapper. when it, At least it is a long snapper who is a professional in his craft. He is Evan McPherson. When it is an emergency guy, not so much, but that's not on him. 
why didn't they kick? The, I'm not trying to go back to play calling, but we're just going to be going to play calling all week and everything that went wrong and second guessing a lot of stuff because we keep doing that. Honestly, we've been second guessing a lot of things since the Super Bowl, the Savage P. Ryan situation that happened in late in the late in the Super Bowl. But just overall, why did they in the second quarter? Why did they punt the ball and not let Evan kick it? I don't even know if it's let Evan kick. If you don't feel comfortable with Evan kicking, and they're in a dome, so they should. But if you don't feel comfortable with Evan kicking, I'd rather they go for it there. Just you know, try to pick up that first down, get close enough that you will get a field goal, or maybe even push for a touchdown. If you turn the ball over, you turn the ball over. But I don't care about pinning. Maybe I should respect the rush more, but I I don't care about pinning Cooper Rush back. I feel like you could give him a shorter field and be okay. But I also felt like this offense should have moved the ball better. They played very, very safe. I thought they were going to win as long as they didn't turn the ball over multiple times, just like last week, but they didn't. They The offense is just worse than I thought it would be both weeks, especially this week. And then, yeah, the decisions are just – it's a lot of um, – Playing not to lose stuff, you know, the, instead of trying to kick the field goal, get points or go for it and get points and, you know, just add a lot to your, uh, your probability of winning this game. You punt the ball so that you could win field possession and hopefully do it next time, but do it this time. Don't punt the ball and hope for a three and out or, you know, just try to stop them from scoring. Score yourself. You're the better team. And that, like, overall, winning in the NFL is hard. We all know that. I think if you looked at the box score of a lot of NFL teams that were favorited in the offseason, they've been a little disappointing to start two weeks of football in. But just to lose the way that they've lost and to not play good football two weeks in a row, I wouldn't say it was great football from, from all sides of it for this team overall. That's what's really disappointing when you think of the outlook. And I think another thing is you see the the 1 p.m. games were crazy. They were so boring at first. And then no way. Ravens come, you know, Ravens come. They make it a game. They're winning by a couple scores. Dolphins come back, make it a game. Jets get the onside kick and score and beat the Browns. And just Steelers and Patriots, that, that was a brutal game to watch. Um, unfortunately, I'm sorry, I only got Pittsburgh and Steelers on in my area, and it was very hard to watch that football game. But it was just that's, that's what I got too. <laughs> it was just it was tough. It was tough. I'm um, not to say the Cowboys and, and Bengals was was a just a thriller to watch either. But you look at the AFC North. This was supposed to be the game that they capitalized on. And honestly, as soon as the game started, I thought, yep, no way they lose this game. They're they're gonna come out. They're gonna put 30 plus on the board. And Joe Burrow's gonna have his comeback game. They're gonna rebound. Offensive line's still gonna learn. Maybe you know they give up a few sacks. And it sounds weird that we can even say, oh, Joe can only get Joe can get sacked two to three times a game. That's totally fine. It's not five or seven like he normally gets. Like, that's absolutely scary to think about. And again, I'm not pending that all on the offensive line because Joe did struggle. But when you look at the outlook, the overall after two weeks of football, I'm, I hate being optimistic, but they're still right in it. They're, they're sitting at 0 and 2. Everybody else in their division is, is 1 and 1. I mean, if you were to look at the overall picture of the AFC, it's kind of a mess right now. Yeah, I mean that's the positive, I guess, is that other teams are losing. But <laughs> I'm just trying to find anything out of the, these last couple weeks of football. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like it's nice other teams are losing; they're still within striking distance. I just wish I felt like this team looked like a playoff team instead of trying to come up with scenarios of like, oh, well, they're still in it because you know the, these teams lose, these teams lose. Like, no, nah, I want to, 
I want to feel for a team that went to the Super Bowl last year, like not they're still in it if these teams lose. I want to feel like, oh, they're in it because they're winning and they're one of the best teams in the league. That's But that's not it right now. We're all watching other teams and hoping they lose. And that's that's not a great place to be. I, I feel similar. This is, I think this will change. But like in that Cowboys game, whenever I see, uh, I don't feel like I did in the mid 2010s where Dalton would throw deep balls and I would just go like, ah, that might be an interception. But I do see whenever I see Burrow wind up and launch one down the field, instead of thinking like, oh, we just got a big play. I'm like, oh, I hope he catches that. And that's just a little bit less confidence than I had last season. It's going down just a tiny bit in terms of um, my confidence and feelings whenever I see that ball wind up. And the most exciting play in football, you know, when you th- when the quarterback throws the ball and the camera starts panning out and you see, you know, it's going to somebody down the field and just like there's so much suspense, there's hype involved, you know, there's the unknown, what's going to happen. And instead of feeling like I know that's going to be a completed pass, I feel like uncertain about whether or not that's going to be I don't think it'll be a pick, but I feel uncertain about like, oh, I hope we catch that. I don't know how you feel about when that ball gets wind up or if I'm overthinking this and just sharing something that nobody else feels. No, but I'm so glad you mentioned Andy Dalton. No offense, Andy Dalton. Sorry to to bring this up. No slander, but I'll, but I'll say this. I just always I didn't know what would happen after he threw it up. And I would always be like, oh, no, that's going to be bad. And you're just kind of <laughs> holding on to your seat like maybe A.J. Green would would pop up and catch it. Um, but, but with Joe, I agree with you. I mean, I don't, I still think he'll bounce back and he'll be fine, but the confidence just isn't there from Joe. It's not there when you watch Joe. And I don't know if his receivers feel that confidence from him, not nothing against the receivers. They're playing fine right now. And and that's the good news. Um, but, but Joe, I just, the confidence of, of throwing the ball, making a play, throwing it downfield. It's just, none of that is happening. And you brought up a good point when, when I talked about other teams losing in the AFC. You're not getting anywhere if you look like this. You're not going anywhere. No, you're you you're not. You're going to be picking in the first top five if you, if you look like this the rest of the way. Um, it doesn't get easier. And the thing about this team, though, is you bring up you know you can bring up Mike White from last year or how they struggle. I feel like my whole entire life they struggle against teams that are average or below. But then it's like Kansas City comes to town and they're hyped. They're ready to go. That Denver game, that was a huge difference maker for them in December last year. They went 15 to 10. It wasn't great, but defensively it was awesome. And they just find ways to win those games. They looked like world beaters against Lamar Jackson in that first game last year. And I just, I can't put my, I just don't know why, but they just struggle against teams that they should be beating. Yeah, I mean, there were... Yeah, I mean, you look back last year, you had the Jags game. They struggled in that one. They struggled in the Jets game, obviously. struggled in the Bears game. They struggled against a lot of bad teams. They pounded the Steelers, who, but they were a playoff team last year. The Lions, I think, were the only game I could think back, and uh, they played well, won easily. Even that one at halftime was kind of close. Like it was mm-hmm. annoyingly close. They ended up with a, a multiple score victory, but remember that one being annoyingly close at halftime, just thinking like they should be blowing this team out. Um, yeah. Uh, you, you want them to come out and just pounce on these teams like the chiefs did against the Cardinals and just dominate them. 
Instead, you're getting close games, and they're finding ways to lose these close games. To me, this game felt like they were playing scared, like they didn't feel confident in the offensive line or the quarterback or the offense in general. It felt like they were trying to protect the offensive line a lot, ran some screens, got the pocket moving, things like that, ran some quick game. But overall, just, yeah, the confidence is, I guess, what you what you brought up, the confidence isn't there with – it feels like anybody besides Chase, really, and maybe Higgins, he did catch that touchdown. That was nice. That play was the closest I felt to 2021-type 20, Bengals stuff where – Burrow escapes the pocket, gets out of pressures, rolling to his right, pointing, throws a dime in the end zone for a touchdown. That's nice. I want to see him, if he is going to try to extend these plays, I want him to break the pocket and extend plays that way. Sometimes he's just like playing bumper cars with his offensive line. That's not what I want to see, where he just runs into somebody's back, runs into another guy, runs into a sack, runs into a defender. If you can't escape the pocket, then you need to reset, get your eyes upfield and try to to at least check it down or deliver a strike, whatever you can see. When you escape the pocket, I feel like you can extend these plays and create something like he did on that touchdown. But I don't know. You hope that they just pounce and destroy the Jets so that you have some confidence going into the game against the Dolphins. And then you win that game and you're feeling okay about this team again. But honestly, where are you on a panic meter right now? Because maybe I'm overreacting. At like a seven and a half? Of like they dropped two games they should have won. I know zero and two teams struggle to make the playoffs. I don't know where you are. I'm I'm right there. I would say seven seven point five because you can't look at anybody on the schedule anymore and say that they're that's a definite win, and that's terrifying because you could have said that the last two weeks and they're so close to winning all those games and none of it matters at the end of the day you don't get extra credit for trying in those games or moral victories for almost having the game or you should have won but you played really bad you lost two games you don't have a win now but I agree with you I think the outlook is you go on the road you play the Jets everybody knows what happened last year against the Jets on the road you take that you see Joe Flacco which this team normally has success against Joe Flacco, but none of these guys were even born the last time they were playing Joe Flacco. So none of that matters except probably Kevin Huber. Huber. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to be the only one. Um, and I, I mean, maybe, maybe it helps the Jets get that win off their back and uh, you, you go and I don't, and none of it matters. You got to get the win. You got to get a win and you have to build off that one. I sound like a coach, but nothing matters until you finally get that win because there's nothing that's going to give you more confidence offensively and just with this team overall. And right now it's pretty low. Yeah. And well, first off, they're on the road for that Jets game. So, you know, the confidence isn't there for me really either. I feel like they win, but I'm no longer going to say wire to wire. They should beat this team, things like that. No, I'm just hoping for a win. So even if they beat the Jets and they beat them, let's say by like 14, do you have, do you, are you still concerned? Because I feel like that would drop me from a seven and a half to a seven. Like I would still be like, I'm not panicked, but like this, this didn't matter that much. You know, getting your first win matters, obviously, but you have to beat the Dolphins and or the Ravens in the next two weeks or else it's done. I don't care how you win. You get that. You get the the walk <laughs> right. off by Evan McPherson and find a win. I don't care if they win with a last second touchdown pass at MetLife and find a way to win. None of that matters. You don't get style points anymore. You need to just find a way to win a game. And honestly, 
it sounds silly to say that doesn't even look like it's possible because it is. I mean, you, you're in both of these games and you look sloppy. You don't look like a, you know, like you did in 2021 and you're still in these football games. So I wouldn't say it's like too outrageous to say they can bounce back and, and win against the Jets. I just don't think we can go in and be overly confident about where this team is week to week. And it's going to be, it's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. It's another road game for them. And yeah, I'm not, my I'm my meter is 7.5. We'll keep it at 7.5 right now. Yeah. At a solid 7.5 myself. Um, hopefully the people listening aren't at tens yet. Oh, I don't think it's, maybe. I don't think it's, <laughs> I don't think it's disaster, doom and gloom, everything like that. They can still turn this season around. Like it's not great. This is bad, but it's not a disaster yet. It, it can get there in one more week and then I'll, I'll probably be at like a nine, but you know, just win this week and then you got a short week and you face a team that has to come on the road to Cincinnati at home. That road victory. You know, I know it's not the best team. They're one and one. They're higher than the Bengals in the standing. You pull off that win and then turn it around. I don't know. <sighs> you you hope that they could just win this game and look like a dominant team. That's that's how I feel. I know you don't care about the style points. I almost do. I almost do. I, I want them to look like a good team. <laughs> Uh, okay, the new the new segment on Sundays after the game or when we record after the post game is going to be optimistic Mike segment to make everybody feel better until <laughs> things are back on track. So I feel like those words of wisdom will really help a lot of fans right now because if I go on my Twitter page right now, it is doom and gloom. So it's it's bad, it's bad, and I won't go to the Facebook comments because that's even worse. But. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I still, yeah, I it, I hate to be that person, but yeah, the season is is far from over. But you gotta you gotta look good. You gotta come out, and you can't sleepwalk anything anymore. And nothing is guaranteed with this team or anything in the NFL right now. But uh, you will have plenty online at all Bengals. What's gonna be up there this week? Uh, You're like nothing. <laughs> there there'll be something. There'll probably be a takeaways article. What by the time you're listening to this, I usually do that on Monday. And uh, no idea on the film. I just, yeah, like I said last week, I just kind of like watch. And then like last week I was watching, I was like, wow, DJ Reader was awesome this game. I don't think I can do that again. So it'll be you somebody can. else. I can. Yes. <laughs> just keep writing DJ Reader articles until the national media votes him as like a second team, at least all pro. <laughs> it's going to happen. I, I feel good about it. Every week, just DJ Reader plays everything that he does. And we're just so grateful he's on this team. Uh, but yeah, no, plenty online. We'll be back on Tuesday with just more of a look ahead and the Bengals hopefully looking for that first win of the season. And it happens next weekend to be determined if we're talking about that this time next week. Thanks for listening and uh, make sure you subscribe and we'll catch you later this week on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.